Listen in Fridays to the new feature Times Like This on Aro City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times. Kate Oglesby from Lux Times is in studio. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Good, good, good. Uh, right, lots to uh, lots to talk about this week. Uh, as always, COVID looms <laughs> and uh, is sort of in the background of a lot of these stories. Uh, we'll start with one that has it's caused some kind of controversy, I think. This is the uh, Café Terraces uh, may open as Luxembourg looks towards easing. Uh, interesting story. Yes, it is interesting. So, um, Prime Minister Xavier Bettel mm-hmm. announced at a press conference earlier this week that um, when the current restrictions run out, that he would reopen terraces to restaurants and bars from 6am till 6pm. However, this does come as neighbouring countries like Belgium and Germany Mm -hmm. are actually tightening restrictions because of an increase of cases. So quite a controversial move, given that cases are also sort of rising slowly here. Although Bettel said that actually only 20 to 30% of hospital beds were full and the impact on the number of cases of opening these terraces would be minimal. Yeah, I think it's controversial from the side, uh, from the business side as well. I mean, I just keep seeing uh, friends of mine who run or work in in that industry saying, you know, who's going to be coming between six and six? You know, you might get a bit of a lunchtime. Yeah, but of in course. In general, and you know, the, the cost of setting it up and staffing it and all the stock and everything like that isn't worth two hours of business between. I think Bettel said the idea was sort of people not going after work and getting drunk. You mm. know, he said it's not for people to go and get boozy. However, obviously, because most people finish work at 6pm, mm-hmm. it inhibits quite a lot of people going, aside from maybe some lunchtime drinks. Uh-huh. So it's, it's kind of more of a, it's it's a token gesture, really, more than... Yeah, I think he's appeasing um, a lot of owners of bars and restaurants after pressure to mm. open but I'm not really sure how much difference that will make. Yeah, I think there's some more pushback on on that, you know, saying, sure, it might be appeasing them, but actually it's a, it's more like a, it, it's it's made, it's almost like an excuse. That's the, the impression that I've gotten so that from people in that industry who are kind of saying that he can then say, oh, well, I said you could open, you know? It's, it's, it's you yes. know, it's giving, it's giving them a, a way out, whereas the businesses themselves aren't actually getting the benefit of them. Yeah. Of it. So, yeah. Uh, be interesting to see where that one goes and if there's any change. Um, w- with regard to the other countries not lifting restrictions or tightening theirs and the pushback from Horeska here, is kind of, they're sort of caught in a, in a sandwich, aren't they? Yeah, and of course there is worry that there will be sort of COVID, COVID tourism mm-hmm. with people from Belgium and France and Germany coming over the border to take advantage of the weekends of those terraces, which could push numbers up again. Mm. So transporting coronavirus cases in the country. Uh, Despite that, Luxembourg gets the thumbs up for how it handles the virus. Yes, so a survey by RTL and the Luxembourg Wort paper actually said that people in the country overwhelmingly thought that Luxembourg had handled the virus well, so how they'd Mm -hmm. been testing, um, the way they'd organised their vaccination campaign, although most people said they did actually think that the vaccination wasn't progressing as fast as it could be. Uh, but And on that note, uh, what's the story about Malta beating Luxembourg? Yeah, so this is really interesting. Luxembourg has one of the lowest vaccination rates um, in the EU. And in the EU, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> in the EU. Um, and that's because Malta has been actually buying additional doses from Brussels that countries haven't used. Okay. Um, and using those, and that actually. They have been also, the health system is more digital, so that means it's much easier. And in Malta? Yep, and they're a comparable oh. 
comparable sized country. That's interesting. So it, it is possible to go and buy surplus vaccines from other EU states? Yes, which, uh, lo- which Luxembourg hasn't been doing. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and then the government is under pressure due to a high level of elderly uh, care home deaths. Yes, so more recently there's been two COVID outbreaks in Nidakon Care Home and one in Kyle, um, which has seen eight and nine deaths in both of those. And the criticism came from the group that represented care homes that basically said that they'd been vaccinating staff, but they'd not thought to vaccinate people like cleaners and handymen that went in the building mm. and were still transmitting the virus. Okay, uh, so the the story, I, it doesn't seem like it's to do with COVID, but actually I think it might be. This is a dramatic jump in in-flight noise complaints uh, in 2020. I, I saw this story and I guess this is just people being home more, is it? That's a good question. Um, So in 2020, there were around a thousand noise complaints Uh of planes compared to just 23 in 2019. Now, Francois Baus actually said that was groups putting pressure on people to complain. And that was the reason for the increase in noise. Okay. Um, So there's actually sort of curfew between when planes can fly. And that's 11 at night and 6 a.m. Right. Although planes have actually been been heard flying during this curfew, particularly cargo lux planes. Well, that, that uh, yeah, I mean, I can understand if it's outside of those hours. I just imagine that there's more people sitting at home during the day than before, and they're going, what is that? Is that, is that a plane? Is, are they always that noisy? You know, they're spending the year hearing things that they never heard before and then being annoyed by things that they just weren't around to be annoyed by. Yeah, it's certainly a huge jump in the number who, of people who have complained. From 23 to 2,000, yeah. Said, yeah, that's quite significant, I would imagine, or I would say. Uh, state subsidies then for electric cars, uh, they already exist, they're going to be extended. Yep, um, so they will be extended and people with an electric car that meets certain emissions targets um, can get 8,000 for their car per year. Um and that is a bit so Luxembourg can meet its environmental targets, okay. reduce the amount of cars on the road. Um, and I think the goal is that almost all new cars are going to be electric. I think it's by 2030, is that right? Yep. Yeah. And they want to reduce carbon emissions uh-huh. by 50% as well in the country. So the move really comes in a bit to encourage people to buy these cars and to invest in them. Mm-hmm. And there's also a number of charging stations as well across the country to try and make it more convenient for people using those cars. Nice. Uh, so, uh, all those stories and more, you'll find them at uh, luxtimes.lu. Anything you're working on this week or anything that you want to draw attention to? Oh, as usual, we'll be continuing to look into the ongoing COVID cases, but uh-huh. hopefully we'll bring you more as well from the EU and Parliament. Fingers crossed there'll be uh, some non-COVID stories at some stage in the future. Fingers yes, crossed. Indeed. Right. Okay, good luck. Have a good week. And, uh, and we'll see you next time.